You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 45. Today on the podcast, we have April Davis. She's the creator of the Vagina Blog for everything female health related. And it's safe to say she cares a lot about vaginas. Between attending births as a doula, a photographer, and a birth assistant to midwives, she's seen a lot of them. I mean, her friends and family sent her pictures of pussy wallets and hilarious sex books. But it wasn't until she spent a weekend at a conference for sex therapists that she truly felt like she'd found her people. And let me just say, she fits into our people in our community just perfectly. In this episode, we chat all about the different types of toxins that are found in menstrual products, how to know where the toxins are and where they come from, and why are they in the products and what products are they in. We talk about period panties and how do they fit into this whole mix of toxins in menstrual products, why it's important to ask the questions about you and your body and what you're putting in and on it. We also chat about the pros and cons of using tampons and what tampons actually really absorb. Of course, we cover a lot more all in the episode, so let's get into it now. So, so, so. All right, April, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have you here. We are talking today all about toxins in menstrual products. Um, before we delve into all of that, April, you're like so far away from where I live. You live in Utah in America. Tell us who you are. Um, I know everyone listening to this is going to be listening to you for the first time, who you are where you're from, and what it is that you do. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And yes, something I've just been enjoying so much, uh, you know, we were just talking about this, about Instagram and also about, you know, having this um, type of community online is that, like, we, you and I are hanging out right now, and you're in Australia, and I am in Southern Utah. Like, that's crazy and so exciting. So I love that. Um, The vagina blog. So to sum it up very briefly, which is hard to do, (laughs) I I have a background in emergency medicine. Um, I worked as a birth assistant to a nurse practitioner uh, who's a nurse midwife here in the U.S. doing home birth. She also was our nurse practitioner for our Planned Parenthood, um, which is, you know, a female health center, essentially. Um, that's typically government funded. And so, um, so she does a lot of gynecological care along with, you know, obstetrics. So it was a really neat experience to work for her because not only was I getting a lot of experience working with women in labor and birth, but I also was learning a lot about, um, you know, common gynecological issues like bacterial vaginosis, uh, breast exams, you know, all, all that type of stuff. So I worked for her. I also worked as a doula at the time in that whole realm for a couple of years. And um, I kind of had to get out of being on call all the time, um, just with some stuff, changes in my family and stuff, and had all of this knowledge and nowhere to put it. And so it just seemed like I needed to start my own platform to kind of help educate, um, you know, people about their vaginas and 
how to best take care of them because there's so much misinformation out there and so many questions and everything's kind of changing. There's new stuff coming out on the market every day. And so I just wanted to kind of help navigate some of that. I love it. And your Instagram, which is where and how we connected is so juicy and full of some great vagina information education. So <laughs> it was actually the thing that made me want to reach out to you because you were speaking in one of your posts and I think your stories about toxins in menstrual products. And we haven't had anyone on, mm-hmm. the, on the show to share about this. And I thought it's such an important topic that is not really spoken about a lot. I know, you know, women use these products on a monthly basis and, mm-hmm. you know, that can be anything from cups to underwear to pads to, um, to tampons to cloths. Like there's a whole range of different types of products. But it's just a really miseducated, um, I guess, area around women's health, particularly around this. And I thought, mm-hmm. what a great topic to like kind of open up and like get into. Now, before we do this, we always start the, totally. the podcast episode off with, Asking the question, what day of your cycle are you on? And what are you checking in with today on your site? Like a cycle check tracker check-in today. What would you be checking in with? So I should have started my period yesterday mm-hmm. and did not. And I haven't yet today. Um, I definitely feel it coming. So it's for sure I'm there. I'm not sure what the holdup is. I, I'm just, you know, I got over a cold last week. I've PCOS, so I'm ever trying to balance supplements out to have really good normal cycles. But I feel, I know I ovulated, so that's good. So I should not have like a weird and ovulatory cycle. So I'm not sure why I'm late. Definitely not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and how many children do so, you have? I have three. <laughs> not wanting a fourth. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Well, my husband snipped. So, I mean, there's, there's no baby in there. <laughs> good, good. Well, at least you know for sure. It's, it's great that you mentioned about PCOS. It's something that I was diagnosed with actually in 2014. Mm. And this will lead us into the toxins talk because it was when I was in a conference in Utah, where you live, that I first mm-hmm. learned about, after being on the pill for 12 years, I learned about the fact that the average woman has around 286 chemicals and toxins in her body every day. And that was as tested from a baby's umbilical cord before it's taken its first breath. Yeah. And I was like, where have these toxins come from? And so at the time I'd just finished healing leaky gut and it was before I'd, you know, found out I had PCOS, I came off the pill and I was like, this is my message. I need to come off the pill. If I want to clean up my body and reduce the toxic load in my body, that's the only extra thing I kind of felt like I needed to do Um, because I'd cleaned up my skincare. I'd cleaned up the home care cleaning products from toxins. My food was really on point, but then it kind of came down to like the menstrual area (laughs) and like, what am I doing down here? So I came off the pill and then I found out, um, nine months later after nothing to do with pregnancy, but after not having a period, a full period for nine months that I had PCOS. So I love that you mentioned yeah. about nutritional support because it's so important, but as yes. is the toxic load. Mm-hmm. So what it have you learned? It makes a big difference. Mm, it does, right? So what have you learned mm-hmm. around the toxic load um, around menstrual products and how they affect even you yourself with PCOS and women around us? Mm-hmm. 
So the the recent post that I did was actually a response to um, I'm a huge supporter of Thinks uh, undies. Uh, mm-hmm. They're period panties. They're reusable. They're washable. So much better for the environment. Um, an article is posted claiming that they have PFAs, which are you know a cancer causing chemical that you know once again it just puts a toxic load on your body. Not particularly good for you. And so everyone's been in an uproar about it. Whether or not they have PFAs or not in the crotch hasn't really been verified. They have passed lots of other third-party testing here and in Europe. So it's really hard to say whether or not the article is true. But even if the article is true, what's hard is I, I saw so many people in response to it saying, oh, I knew these were too good to be true. I'm going right back to tampons or I'm going right back to pads. And my frustration is, is those are absolutely worse for you, even if things have these PFAs in the the crotch that, you know, they're claiming to. And that's the frustration is there's so much, you know, especially here in the United States, the attitude is, well, if it's on the market, then it's probably safe. And I feel like our generation is the first to really question how safe it really actually is and how much we actually can trust our food and drug administration and how much was it even really tested in the first place to get passed by our food and drug administration. I mean, it's, we're finally starting to ask these questions. And so anyway, um, so let's say tampons, because I would say almost everyone I know uses tampons or has used tampons in their lives at one point or another. Um, Tampons are They're probably your worst case scenario for your body because they're patchy material and they cause internal tearing to your vagina allowing so much this is why the the risk of toxic shock is so high with tampons is because of the micro tearing that they cause so just by the nature of what they are tampons are very damaging to the vagina they also pull a lot of um unnecessary they, they absorb a lot of unnecessary moisture along with your menstrual fluid and they trap menstrual fluid something that a lot of people don't realize is one of the reasons many fertility doctors advise people to stop using tampons if they're trying to get pregnant is because tampons are a plug when you use something like a menstrual cup or a menstrual disc it's catching the fluid and removing it tampons are plugging it and kind of absorbing it but what they have found with tampon users is sometimes that endometrial lining will actually get caught in the cervix and then rot And so they've seen that, and it continues to rot, and then you have another period, you plug this flow, it kind of absorbs some of it, leaves a lot of the clotting, that gets trapped in your cervix, that rots, and this can contribute to things like infertility um, and infection. It's a lot of the reason that toxic shock is such a problem with tampon use. And so... Anyway, tampons are bad, just mechanically how they work. Um, I have a lot of people say, okay, but like, I use organic tampons, so those are better, right? They're not really. They are definitely better than a conventional tampon, but when it comes down to it, because of how tampons work, they're not good for you. So that, that's, you know, that's where it's hard. And the other frustration is organic does not mean that they don't, don't have fertilizer 
or insecticide on them, it means that they used an organic fertilizer and an organic insecticide. It's something that people don't realize. There's still a lot of chemicals that goes on to our organic produce and organic cotton. They're just organic chemicals. Those are also not good for your vagina, especially if you're using a product that's tearing, you know, small tears up your vagina when you use it. And then, you know, your vagina is mucous membrane. All That whole vaginal canal, it's just there to absorb. And so anything you put in there, it's just going to suck it right up into your bloodstream right away. I love so that you're saying Tampons let me are add, bad news. They, let me add a, yeah. uh, add a point about tampons is that a few years ago when I saw my first Ayurvedic doctor when I was starring, studying Ayurveda, um, Indian medicine, is yeah. my doctor and I, you know, I said, look, I, I have PCOS. I don't believe that I have it. So I never treated my body as if I had PCOS. I just, you know, just kept doing what I was doing, was being really proactive with my health and naturally just got rid of PCOS. But he was like, well, what products do you use? And at the time I was using tampons and this was just before kind of cups became, I guess, a popular thing. And I've always been a tampon user oh, at the time. And he said, don't use tampons. Tampons, like you were saying, plug, but they also stop the fluid flow, which is detoxifying in the sense that you want things to naturally flow out of you. And it's one thing I encourage everyone in the Well Women Academy um, in the online self-paced course that I teach around your menstrual cycle and women's health is to use pads at least for a few cycles to one, get to understand what your flow is like. So you can see it, you can see the color, you feel it coming out yes. of you. And then once you've done yes. that, you're like, Oh, so this is what it feels like to be a woman bleeding. And Oh, this is what like mm -hmm. some women think that it just bleeds consistently. <laughs> When you've never been educated and you've always worn tampons, that's yeah. what happened to me a few, a few years, a fair few years ago now. But you actually, it's not a tap that just keeps running. But the only way to get to understand your flow mm -hmm. and your cycle through your bleed is to use something that's external to you and not plugging you up. So my Ayurvedic doctor, yep. Dr. Vignesh, who's based in India, yeah, he recommends don't use tampons. And funnily enough, last part on this April is that I was in India in December and I was there for a Panchakarma experience retreat, which those who listen to the podcast know about because I've shared about it already. But not once did I see a tampon anywhere in India. They mm -hmm. don't use them. They use pads. And one of the upcoming podcast episodes, which I've recorded with Autumn, who is the head lady of the menstrual um, international menstrual conference for this year. She's based in India right now and they just have cloths, pads. Yeah. And they don't use tampons. Well, so what, like, why do we use these things? What's it's it, so this dives into a much deeper problem. <laughs> Challenge. Yes. <laughs> because culturally, I mean, growing up, the attitude towards your period was ignore it, deal with it as little as possible, you know, don't, certainly don't um, change your life to meet your cycle needs, mm -hmm. you know, just work out through it, plug it up with a tampon, ignore it, just try to pay as little attention to it as possible, you know, drug up to get rid of your cramps, and so... I feel like I love that I, our generation is starting to fix this. It's okay to pay attention to your period. It's okay 
to recognize what's going on. It's okay to respect your body during this time and do what feels right for your body. Maybe that looks like resting. You know, I'm, I'm putting together a course for a class I'm going to teach in March about, um, I love that the U.S. Um, soccer team, one thing that they did is their training um, set their, how they worked out around their menstrual cycles. So they pushed them harder during certain parts of their cycles. They had them take it easy during other parts of their cycles. They, they tailored their workouts to what was going on with their cycle. How amazing. And saw huge success from this. And so the more that we're starting to embrace this and do this, the more we're seeing a lot of this success. And, and so I, I love, I just love that this change is happening, you know? But I think that's why tampons became so pervasive. They were such an easy way to just ignore, ignore, not touch it, not see it, not feel it, not, you know, just shove it out of the way because it's such an inconvenience. <laughs> Pardon the pun. Mm. You know? And we're so fortunate yeah. today too because we have so um, many other options available for menstrual products. Yes. So let's yes. talk about... Um, and we are. We're really spoiled. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, let's talk about the toxins in, I guess, and how cups are made versus period underwear, which you've already mentioned and pads and then cloths. Like mm -hmm. what's your go-to and, you know, what's your intake um, and outlook on toxins in these menstrual products and for our overall health of our bodies and our vaginas? Yeah. Well, the questions that I started to ask um, that I kind of brought up in this life, um, and this is where it gets kind of tricky. I don't feel like there's any one perfect way to manage your period that is 100% toxin-free. Hmm. I just don't know that that exists in our current world. Um, you know, I, I made the joke. I don't like... Have you ever used a sea sponge before for your period? No. So you, you can buy sea sponge tampons that are like literally sea sponges from the ocean. But the unfortunate truth is our ocean is so polluted at this point that even those aren't toxin-free because of the nature of, of, you know, our water supply isn't good anymore, unfortunately, you know? So, um, so yeah, so sea sponges, I was like, I, I was trying to think of like, what's the most ridiculously organic thing you could possibly come up with? Uh, oh, a sponge that's a plant from the ocean. There we go. Even that is littered with toxins because it came out of the ocean, which is full of toxins. And so... So sea sponges are, are an option. If you love tampons and you love that dry, scratchy feeling of tampons, sea sponges are where it's at, but I do not like them. I'm going to have to put um, a, like a Wikipedia search for this in the show notes so that people can check out sea sponges. Yes. I mean, they're pretty easy to find. You can find all sorts of different companies and there's different brands. There's different types of sponges that they use and it's, it's really interesting, but even if you were like, okay, well, I'm going to only free bleed and I'm going to free bleed on organic cotton and it's going to be, you know, what laundry detergent did you wash the organic cotton in? Where did the cotton come from? What color is the cotton? What did they use to dye the cotton? I mean, it's like I said, the unfortunate truth is we can't ever get completely, nothing's perfect. Mm -hmm. What is the best thing you can do is find out what works best for you. And kind of follow that. And that was the point of, of the discussion that I had on mine is 
nothing's going to be 100%. So, but here are some things that are lesser, even menstrual cups. Menstrual cups really are one of the very best ways to go. If you're looking to, to, um, get to know your cycle, get to know how heavy your, your period is and what's going on with it. And then if you're also wanting to get away from, um, from toxins and wanting to use something reasonable, a cup or a disc is such a great way to go. Um, but even, even cups, I've seen articles where they're like, well, what did they use to dye the cup a color? What's in that dye? How much mm. of that is being absorbed? You know, it, it comes down to like, how much do we want to sugarcoat and like soften ourselves in the sense that yeah. do we, are we going to be really that nitpicky about that when we're probably not that fully nitpicky with our food? And I think from totally. my outlook, if you're going to be nitpicky, the first place to be nitpicky is what you put in your mouth. Amen. Then, then it goes elsewhere and that's your liquids and your food. And then once you've done that, then you can be nitpicky about what you put on your body. And then you can be well, nitpicky about what you put in your body. <laughs> so here's the thing though. Mucous membrane goes straight to the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Even your digestive system is more protective. Even your skin is more protective. So, I mean, if you're ranking things in an order, you should be very careful about what you're putting in your vagina. And that goes for lubes. Mm -hmm. That goes for what you're using to shave with or use after you shave. That goes for any of these things. And we don't ask enough questions about, well, what's in my lube? You know, what's in the soap I'm using to wash my vagina? What's in my laundry detergent that I'm using on my underwear that's sitting up against my vulva all day? You know, so these, these are important questions to ask, especially for things like tampons. (laughs) And you're spot on because the next part I was going to say is it's important to recognize that you need to start with your own body before you start with the external environment. Like I know a lot of people are really conscious about because it's what others see. So they see that I have the eco-friendly shopping bags and they see that I, you know, I compost and that's fantastic for the external environment. But if your internal environment isn't looked after, your external environment's actually not going to matter because you might not be here. So work on like individually what you can do and no one puts tampons in you except for you. No one puts a cup in you except for you. So these are your choices. Um, but like, this is such a juicy topic. Like, I think we could keep talking about this for ages. Um, so when it comes to menstrual cups, just a quick note for those who are listening and were like, maybe I need to try a cup. We recorded a podcast episode with put a cup in it. I don't know if you've seen their Instagram. It's amazing. At at put a cup in it. The whole, yeah, the whole, and I've done a few Instagram takeovers for them. The whole thing is literally about menstrual cups. So it's the best. They have an online Facebook community, giving them a little plug. This is not sponsored by any means. Oh, um, it's just such great education. That's send everybody. Mm-hmm. If people come to me with cup questions, they're Better the best. Put a cup in it. Just that's, that's just where you go. Mm, totally. Yeah. So let's talk about pads and cloths, like with your experience and all the work that you've done in women's health over the last however many years, what's different between using a pad Mm -hmm. and or a cloth as opposed to, let's just say, period underwear or a cup if people were wanting to move away from tampons? You know, so my, I love period underwear. Like I, I really do. I, um, I just, it's so convenient. Um, a lot of people are, they don't quite understand. They think it's just a backup or, but it's actually, um, totally usable for like just your period all by itself. And, um, and I've used a couple different brands and so that's 
probably my most favorite. I also, I did not think I was going to like reusable pads, like cloth pads, and mm. I love them. <laughs> I They're a little bulky, but I don't, I just don't hate it. Like it was, it's so nice sometimes to just have like a bulky, super soft, sitting on a cloud pad. I love you know? that you said super soft sitting on it. I just brought my first pad, um, cloth pads actually in India from a company called Ecofem and they actually hire, um, you know, underprivileged women to bring more jobs into the community and then the women make the pads and they sell them back into the community and they're sold, wor- so, sold worldwide and all like, you know, money goes back to like supporting communities and underprivileged women and helping women have jobs in India. I think it's amazing and I've just started using them and they're very different, but it's That's such awesome. a great experience to bleed. And if you've never fully experienced just bleeding because you have a menstrual cup or you mm-hmm. use a tampon, allow yourself to bleed. And um, in women's health, like with yeah. all the work that you've been doing in women's well, health. Can I? Yeah, go. You go. Well, one thing that people don't realize too, when I stopped using tampons and started essentially free bleeding, like wearing period underwear, my period got two days shorter. Wow. And so I tell people all the time, like there really are benefits. Like I don't have cramps anymore like I used to my period is shorter like it's easier on my body Mm. so it's it's not just for the environment or not just because of you know toxins like there really is a lot of benefits to switching there really is and all I can say on that and I know that you'll agree April is that you don't know unless you give it a go you don't know what it's like to wear a cup unless you give it a go and if you're worried about using a cup and if it really works, because you don't want to be at work bleeding with a menstrual cup in and then it leaks, is put your menstrual cup in when you're not bleeding mm-hmm. and trial it. Just wear mm-hmm. it and see how comfortable it feels. Practice putting it in. Yes. Just it play out. with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like get to know it so that you have a good relationship with it. So when you bleed, you feel confident and maybe use it for the first mm-hmm. time when your bleed falls over a weekend and experience it. Yeah. Don't put yourself out in a public environment if you're uncomfortable because that's just actually not going to be good for your menstrual health. It's going to make you more stressed and probably more totally. stagnant in the blood flow. <laughs> yes. Mm, totally. Well, and I cups too and um discs like just it's really funny. Everyone's really caught up in there we're so used to tampons. It's every 4 to 6 hours you have to change them, you have to check them, you have to and the biggest problems I've heard of, you know, with people messing with them when they don't need to, because you really can just leave them in for 12 hours, which just seems so foreign when you get started. And I tell everyone too, you know, when we were 14 years old and we were on our period and we wanted to go to the swim party, we figured out how to use the tampon, you know, and then we kept using the tampons because the other option was pads and we weren't going to do that. And tampons didn't work great the first time either or the second, or the third. We didn't know what absorbency we needed. We didn't know what brand we liked. We didn't know what applicators we liked. We trialed and errored, but we were 13, 14, 15 years old. It just didn't, we were willing to to make these sacrifices. And you have to go into wearing a cup for the first time with that same drive as that 13 year old that wants to go to the pool party and is gonna figure this out. You so, yes, you, you, you need to become a problem solver. Like that's really what it comes down to. And yes. 
something that I'm consistently talking about in the Well Women Academy and in all the Love Your Cycle challenges that I run is that you just need to listen to your body. If something's not working and you're feeling uncomfortable, you're getting lots of period pain, you're getting back pain, you're getting heavy flow, God, the list goes on, but bloating, um, constipation, migraines, headaches, acne, you need to go, hang on a second, what is my body trying to tell me? What could I change? Like what's something that I'm responsible of that I could change? Like Mm -hmm. I say this all the time, April, but burgers don't fly in your mouth. You have to place them there. And it's the same with cups. They don't just pop themselves up there like tampons. Like, you know, you need to look at what is it that you're doing that you could make a change with because if nothing changes, nothing changes. Well, and can I put a plug in for the period repair manual? Have you read that book? No, not in full. I've, I've read bits and pieces of it. Um, I have like five books on the go at the moment, but yeah, go tell us about the book. It's so, it's so good. Laura Bryden is brilliant. I just got to meet her last year. She's incredible. She's so knowledgeable. And that book will change your life because it gets that ball rolling. Um, you know, in terms of like, okay, I have really bad cramps. Here's a list of of things you can do to alleviate those cramps. And most of it does look a lot like possibly changing your lifestyle, changing your period management, um, eating certain nutrients or supplements or but she's incredible. And so I, I just, I recommend that book to anyone and everyone that has a vagina. Amazing. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to pop that link in the show notes for everyone to check out. Um, all right. So we've been chatting for ages and um, we could just keep talking about this, but I do want to ask a specific question. I, on and on. <laughs> Raving yes. when you get two people who love to talk about periods, vaginas, anything to do with women's health, you just literally, once you start, you can't stop. But I think an important question to kind of help sum up everything we've been chatting about when it comes to toxins in menstrual products is what are the most important toxins to be aware of and to avoid? So when people are going to look at their products, so they go to the store and they're picking up a, like, you know, organic pads, what, and I know that like, let me just rectify this. I know in America with the FDA, it's very different to Australia. Um, we have the TGA here, which mm-hmm. is for the Therapeutics Goods Act. It's one of the most strictest goods act in the world, apart from, I think, France. Um, very, very strict here. So yep. it might differ, but from your knowledge, what are the most important toxins to avoid for, for the women who are going to be going shopping and being like, oh, I want to make sure it doesn't have this in it? You know, that here's the problem. They don't have, it's not listed on the label. And it doesn't have to so be. There's I'm no glad way. that you brought that up. No. Yeah. So you can't look at a box and tell what's in it mm-hmm. on any of it. Mm-hmm. So like I can't go to the grocery store and look at a label and, and see what's in my tampons. They don't do that here. And that's because <laughs> it's not considered a food product, right? And so it's not illegal yeah. to do that. It's, um, yeah, not at all. So, Mm. so that, that's where it gets difficult. So like I said, tampons aren't bad news because if mechanically how they work in terms of what's actually in them, it's really hard to say brand to brand and organic to inorganic and country to country. Mm -hmm. Same with pads. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think you're in in a better, I I do think getting organic is always going to be a better idea. Um, but if I, if you were trying to get away from toxins, I would 100% switch to a cup or period panties 
or reusable cloth pads. Amazing. That's such great guidance. Um, we literally really could keep talking about this for such a long time. I've got yeah. so many notes here. Um, <clears throat> let's, let's wrap it up because I'm cautious of time, but I do have a final question for you and I'm really excited to learn what you're going to share with this. I ask all of our podcast episode guests this question, but what are three guiding tips that you would give to your younger menstruating self that you wish you knew then that you now know today? Um, that this is so normal and that it will get easier because it was so painful and hard, you know, when I was younger, um, that there are just way better options. I never liked tampons even as a, a teen. And I, I think my 14 year old self would just be thrilled. I found discs when I was like 18 or 19 mm -hmm. and it blew my mind you know, so I, I've been using them since then. Um, and then I think maybe the third thing was like, one day you will love your body. You'll get there. I love that. That's, they're such great like points, especially about the, the, your comment on the discs and when you found out them out about them in Australia. And I could be completely wrong here, but all the women that I've worked with, I've never really met anyone that uses a disc. And I've, I've found that when you go to the store in, in the States, it's much more a common thing to use to use a disc and mm -hmm. even applicators for tampons are more common in the states than they are here in australasia yeah. and whether that's because women don't like inserting with their fingers and they want to use an applicator i don't know why but it's interesting the differences between two western countries um but yeah disc is a, isn't something maybe we have to do another episode on what are what is a menstrual disc and how does a menstrual disc work differently to a cup but yeah, it's a very um, not so heard about. Please, product. please have me come out talking about menstrual disc. Well, there you go. Let's do it. Let's set a date and let's do it because um, I think that would be great. And I know a lot of women who would love, um, would, who are listening, would love to learn about what it is so that they have their options too. All right, I'm already excited yeah. for that, April. April, thank you so much for joining us on the episode. We've talked about so much great stuff. Um, I would love for you to share how can our listeners like connect with you, how, where, they can, where can they find you, um, and what's the best way for them to reach out and say hi if they want to learn more about what you do. I am definitely most active on Instagram at the Vagina Blog. And I have a website as well. You can find the podcast on any major podcasting platforms and that's called the vagina blog podcast. And yeah, I'm, I just, I would love to have you <laughs> on the podcast. I'd love to come. Yes, please. All right, let's do that. I'm excited. Again, April, thank you so much for taking the time out, Savo, to come and join us all the way from Utah. Um, I hope if you're listening to this, it's inspired you to make more conscious decisions and choices around what you put in your body and aka in your vagina um, to support your overall health or your vagina health. Um, so from April, from the Vagina Blog, thank you so much. Um, can't wait to have you back on the thank show to you. talk about discs. Yes, let's do it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I've loved it. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. 
Now, is there a bestie, a sister or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together we can all live in flow, harmony and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. 